You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Starring Pete Ruggieri, Larry Maris, and Jason Lewis. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. So sit back and enjoy some Masonic conversation without pretension. And now, here's your hosts, Pete, Larry, and Jason. So, Larry, welcome. Hey, welcome, Pete. We're up in uh, Reading, Pe- Reading, Pennsylvania. Reading, Reading, Reading. Reading, Pennsylvania, yes, Scottish Rite Cathedral in beautiful city of Reading. Episode 42. Episode 42. I'm glad you mentioned that. And uh, we have our, our, our semi-regular, uh, at least that's what his uh, proctologist says, um, <laughs> Jeffrey Moyer. Uh, thanks for telling the whole world about yeah. my problems. <laughs> 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 He's semi-regular. Yeah, semi-regular. Uh, so you got a deer. That's big news in Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, it was great. My uncle was there. So we both we both got deer this year when we both went together on the same four-wheeler. Yeah. So we're, we're doing a, a new style of hunting. We're going to do it the lazy way. Well, you're like 60, so how old is your, your, da- your uncle, like 90? He turned 79. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and did he drag his own deer out? Heck no, that's what a four-wheeler's for. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so for uh, you non-Pennsylvania people, deer season is a ridiculous big deal around these parts. I remember uh, I scheduled a big install for the phone company, and I accidentally did it on the first day of deer season. And it was like a $2 million sale. And like the technicians refused to do it because they had to hunt. And they won. I think statistically, there's 11 million people who live in Pennsylvania. One million go out the first day of deer season. Well, And there's usually mayhem and death in the mountains. My uncle and I were talking about this uh, Thursday. The five of us that hunt up there, we have a combined over 290 years of hunting experience for five people. Jeez, so that's how long we've been doing it. God. I'm, uh, this is my 51st season, so. Speaking of really being old, we're sitting in the lobby of the, uh, the Scottish Rite Cathedral, and right maybe about 50 feet away from me is Santa Claus. Well, that's an old guy. All kind, He's really old, really. And all kinds of kids coming in here. I mean, there's a, a very festive place tonight. Yeah, there's a train set up. Uh, Legos. Lego land and a tuba concert going to be taking place in the auditorium. I don't know how long we have uh, before we get drowned out with a lot of music. Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. Oh, we're in good shape. So we got to thank, we'll we'll drag drag Scott over here in a bit, but uh, Scott, Scott Helm, past master of uh, Scarrett Lodge. Um, Is that the clandestine lodge in District 5? That is, that is. Apparently that apparently that's where they force all like uh, first responders to join. And and where are you going again? Christiana. That's Christiana. The, yeah. The bumpkins. Did did uh... you did? Did they have to go part time when you left? Like like, <laughs> like like we lost that tax base. We gotta <laughs> turn off the one light. So I I listened to the last episode and and. Uh, I ask you, I don't know how many questions before I left. Right, at breakfast. Yeah. Did you get my message? Are you taking the dogs with you? 
I did get the message, and I am taking the dogs with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, I, apparently you're not over your snit thing. No, no, not at all. So. No, I, um, I, I, I'm like Cartman. I need to respect my authority. <laughs> we had this conversation on the car coming up today, by the way. About him leaving. <laughs> About? Acting like a... Spoiled kid. No, I didn't say that. Yeah. Well, I'm saying it. Jason did. <laughs> he did. I, I, did, I didn't get my way, so I'm leaving. Oh, man. It didn't take long, Pete, for them no, to go for the kill. It's all right. You know, we should probably mention that it's episode 42, by the way. Episode 42, and uh, like we said earlier, we're at the Scottish Ray Cathedral in Reading, Pennsylvania, doing a little live John. Live John. Um... So Jack she, is not here. Jack will be here a little bit later, hopefully. Okay. So you know, you know, Pete, when you go to Christiana, most of those guys belong to the Valley of Reading. So I'll, I'll get you a petition. Okay. I can do that. You know, normally we would talk about what we've done, but maybe we'll take a break and come back and talk about what we've done this week. Let's do that. All right. Let's do that. Let's go to break. And uh, we have another guest. We do. We have... Uh, to my right. Go ahead. I, uh, it, it's Scott Helms. Hello. I knew it was Scott, but the, the other part... He's a member of Grotto. How could you forget his name? And, and, we we just Jay's, sat at dinner, Jay, too. He's, fr- he's from District 5. I know. Well, I hear it's getting squirrely down there. It's going to get worse. <laughs> <laughs> so, Scott, what's, what's, your, uh, what's your job here at the uh, cathedral? Uh, I, I hold many hats up here. Um, director of properties so during the reunions I do all the moving around the equipment on stage set that all up I'm vice president of the volunteer association which is does all the vendings for all the events that go on here we help with all this stuff here it's going around uh, what else do I do up here? Oh, I'm in the you get in the way line. a lot. I get in the way a lot. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fella. Yeah. So yeah. what's what's the, uh, the the purpose of tonight? This is something you guys do every year, right? Yeah, they've been doing it. Just been around for a hundred years, so you could probably tell you longer. <laughs> um, they. This is kind of a community outreach to, to open our doors, and show you know West Reading and the City of Reading what we do here at Scottish Right and. This is just a way to open it up and let the public come in and see us. Very cool. And um, so tell us a little bit about the building. You said it was built in 84, you think? Somewhere around there, yeah. They they used to uh, share the shrine up on the hill in Reading. I think officially 86 it opened, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Is this the valley that um, made Jeff Moyer 33rd? Not yet. Okay, it's still the paperwork's still in. I have two years of probation. Two oh, years okay. it's not looking good. He's, he's right. a, yeah. It is not looking good. He's a wonderful bartender. He's thirty-two point thirty-two point one. Okay. Yeah. No, it it uh, thirty-two and three twenty-fourths. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm counting the months. We have to respect him once he gets his bling, I guess. <laughs> yeah, right. So, with all these new people at the table, why don't we go around uh, the table and uh, talk about what we've done masonically this week? Starting with you, Pete. Um, I haven't, well, Tall Cedars, I think, is the only thing Masonic that I've done productive. Uh, we had a uh, nice night. Um, 
our speaker was a uh, it was a very somber speaker. We had a, a gold star mom, uh, same lady that spoke at uh, Christiana Lodge uh, last month. Um, really moving. Uh, we had not. Uh, nomination officers Ed McGrath got nominated to the bottom of the line in uh, in Cedars. Uh, I'm transferring. Yeah, I hear Christiana has a forest. <laughs> I hope they do. <laughs> they cut that as a lumber mill. Cut it down. Jeff Moore, what have you been up to masonically in the past week? Yeah, past two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. Just deer hunting, right? Yeah, deer hunting. I don't think I had anything going on be- right before Thanksgiving. No, I didn't. Are you in charge? Are, are you doing anything here, or are you just showing up? I just showed up to spend a, an evening with with you, your your oh. warm personality, you know. You do know that deer hunting in Pennsylvania is a ritualistic experience. That's why I like ritual Pass, and passed down in the centuries from right. Native American yeah, yeah. masons. You should try it sometime. <laughs> Larry, have you done anything masonically in the past uh, couple yeah, weeks? Yeah, yeah, I have. Uh, <clears throat> Goose and Gridiron Thursday. Uh, did an investigative uh, committee uh, of inquiry on Thursday night. Uh, we're here today. Uh, grotto tomorrow. It's the convivial. Meat sweats. We're all going to yes, have the meat yes, sweats. Yes, yes. All the prime rib you can eat and hope to eat in the year. I can't, uh, I can't wait to get it. the gout. A uh, lodge meeting on Tuesday, which you won't be at. No, no, no. I'm uh, persona non grata. Scott, what do you what have you had going what, on? Did Sonic you vote League? him out? Did you officially vote him out of your lodge? How did that work? I don't think they did yet. No. Larry, talk in the microphone, goofball. I don't think they did yet. No. I, no. Oh, I, I, no I, one. I, I, no one's ever brought it up <laughs> at any meeting at all. No, I have no idea. God, now that I told him to talk in the microphone, he's overwhelming. <laughs> Scott, what have you had going on the past couple of weeks in the Masons? Just been setting this stuff up here for the last week. Uh, before that, my my home lodge, we did a degree, first and a third, I believe. Other than that, not much uh, since reunion up here. Yeah, after our fall or fall reunion was the 18th, that Freemasonry kind of died. Take a breath. Jason, what do you have going on? You have a lot. You're at everything. Always, yeah, always work. Uh, so doing Scottish Rite Masonry every day. We uh, we did have a reunion, which we know from episode 41, but uh, you and I were at the Scottish Rite reunion in the Valley of Harrisburg, where you interviewed the Sovereign Grand Commander, David A. Glatley. Um, and I wasn't allowed to go. Nope, got to pay your dues. That's right. And I have done some meetings uh, but not Blue Lodge uh, stated meetings, but, uh, you know, charity, a couple of committee meetings here and there. Goose and Gridiron Breakfast. We had fellowship night for Lamberton. And I think that, oh, and I also attended on the fifth Wednesday, uh, Civil, uh, I'm sorry, Castle Island Virtual Lodge, CIVL, which is now referred to as Civil. So I was there with Jack Aquilina from Brought to Light and uh, uh, David Illingsworth. And uh, it was a good time. So, those guys, so how are those guys doing? They, they've been missing in action. They have been missing in action because uh, Jack Aquilina has been uh, hired by, I believe, the Victorian Supreme Court. Uh, to Australia. do what? Paint? To, um, yes. Yeah, he's painting the hallways. Okay. Well, they need somebody that can uh, paint real low. Okay. Low to the ground. <laughs> I did see he shared a picture with one of his colleagues who is a very... Tall. Very tall young lady. Actually, and she's normally tall. Like, oh, okay. Just a regular tall. Oh, she's regular tall and just Jack just offsets that. Right. I said that he wanted to be closer to the States, so they made him real tiny. Oh, 
<sighs> but that's about it. I can't think of anything else we've really done. No? So we've got uh, this show. Will this be our... F- now we'll have one more recording before Christmas. I, You know, we should probably talk about that at some point. Uh, I say we go on Christmas break, but that's just my opinion. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess we yeah. do have one more. Pete, you need some time to get packed, right? I do. To get... It's a, it's a two-horse ride. It's a yeah. two... Yeah. So if you guys aren't from Lancaster, like you know, the Amish people... Obviously, they go by horse, horses, but if it's a long drive, they, they hitch two of them up. Well, me for being from the 5th Masonic District, I'd like to welcome you. So, Oh, thank you, and, Scott. Uh, you I, believe, I believe that you're making a good choice leaving that other district and coming and, to and it. I, and um, I'm, I've already got a petition. I already, got a, I already have a petition coming in. Um, and I've got about a handful of transfers. Yeah, you're going to increase membership by 100%. Yeah. <laughs> we were actually uh, Scarelodge was going to merge with Christiana Lodge in the seventies or so. What does that become, Scariana? So, close, close. <laughs> um, digging around, I found an old Monopoly board we used for a fundraiser. I was asking everybody about it, but yeah, it was pretty cool. So I'm glad yeah. we didn't do it. Where's the Scarlet Lodge? Is that a where? Where is it in Cockerville? Or? Cockerville, yeah. It's right. Be if you, you know where the Turkey Hill is. It's kind of diagonally behind the Turkey Hill and Cochrane Street. Okay, yeah. Uh, it's a big brick building. Okay, I've I mean I grew up in, in Avondale, so I've driven past it probably ten thousand times and just never knew where it was. We actually made a claim with the uh, Grand Lodge to be that we are the oldest lodge in the state of Pennsylvania to meet in the same building. So we've never met in any other building. So that's since. why you didn't merge with Christiana. You would have had to get uh, the building. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. It's an old Odd Fellows building. I know you guys here like the Odd Fellows and. What's well, uh, Seth? Ann. Well, no, yeah. J- Jason's an Odd Fellow too. Just uh, our equivalent of a entered apprentice. Yes. But we meet in Lancaster in uh, an Odd Fellows, an old Odd Fellows Hall. Uh, not Pete anymore. Oh, speaking of which, that did happen. It wasn't Masonic, but we did rent the Masonic Center out in Lancaster for the 40 Elephants Vintage and Handmade whatever for Small Business Saturday and Small Business Sunday, I guess. But it was uh, nice to see the building being used for something other than Masonic. I heard somebody left the lights on, and I heard all kinds of drama about the event. We, we you know, we got to work the kinks out at these. We only do okay. uh, non-Masonic public events once a year, so, in that building. That building, that building needs to be euthanized. The, we had our, we had our, our council meeting canceled because there was a burst pipe did that get fixed? It got clamped. <laughs> nice. Well, I mean, that's how you, how you fix it. You get a pipe clamp. Okay. I don't know. I don't do physical work. So, yes, it, it, it's been repaired. So, Jeff, are you excited about the uh, tuba Christmas? No, I'm still thinking about deer hunting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is really an exciting show tonight. <laughs> Jeez. Well, we're going to take a break, and we'll come back with our first topic.
And we're back, episode 42, sitting here with... John March. John, what's, uh, where's your home, Blue Lodge? Downingtown. Okay. Williamson, Williamson 309. And you, uh, you're a past master from that lodge? I am. From what year? Do you remember? Uh, 1990. Oh, okay. And uh, so I, I see you all the time in council, or I did until you finally re- were able to Until retire. I was able to finagle my way out of the recorder's job. Right. Um, but and you're but you're kind of like Mr. All Mr. York Wright. I mean, you're in everything, I'm like all of us. But kind of involved in most everything. Yes. Right. So what's what's your title in the? What's kind of like the highest title there? Highest position? You're in, as a commandery. Right, eminent past grand commander. Grand commandery, Knights Templar, Pennsylvania. That's a mouthful. Yes, it is. <laughs> so uh, what are you doing here tonight? I am here. I thought I was here with Rose Croy, but I find out that I'm actually here with Lodge of Perfection. Uh, since I can't be here next weekend, I've, and I was able to be here this weekend, I figure I can help him out with uh, the live nativity scene. Okay, so are you are you, uh, are you the baby Jesus, or are you... No, I'm one of the wise men. Okay. The wise what? <laughs> <laughs> the wise guys. I, I just thought you were giving out candy. Yeah. I'm I don't remember that from the Bible, but... Yeah, I, I do. Oh. Would you like a piece of candy, little girl? Right. <laughs> a gold frankincense and myrrh and butterfingers. Yes. Absolutely, positively. Oh. And did you notice the head that's on the on the coin? Is that you? No, it's JFK. Oh, it is JFK. Okay. Oh, I have a bad joke there. I'll just let that go yeah, for the family audience. I thought audience. maybe you would. Oh, so uh, what do you have coming up uh, in Masonically? Any any big big travel? Any kind of big. Uh, uh, not any really any big travel or anything like that. It's just it's just what I normally do now. Uh, Wilmer Hall, myself, another past Grand Commander, are going down to the Grand Chapter this sixth uh, and seventh of December. Uh, we'll go down on the sixth, we'll, and we'll go to the banquet on the seventh. I got to be back to work at uh, three o'clock in the afternoon on Friday, so that shortens it up a little bit. And you work for the electric company, right? For a little bit while longer. Okay, so we're getting into that bad weather season for you where it's a lot of overtime. Uh, after the first year, is going to be a lot of vacation. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So um, Moyer just comes over here and just like just points and screws yes, this, this up. Like, because it's all about Any, the, the Anything to get me involved in something that might be derogatory. No, no, we're, we'll, we'll keep you clean. Um, are you going to be at Masonic Week this year down in D.C.? I do not know. Uh, I'm not sure what time that is. I've never been much involved in Masonic Week. I was down there a couple of times very early in my career and found the egos overbearing. It's, um, it's interesting. It's like a bunch of Swiss generals. Absolutely, positively. It yeah, is. you see guys with every possible ribbon and, and thing yep. in their uniform. Every, every, they're involved in the highest levels of everything. Uh, same guys, same, same people involved in everything. Um, it is kind of neat. I, I, I've been there twice um, trying to get see some of the degrees that I didn't even know existed. Yeah, there's, there's quite a few of those out there. Right. There's, and when you get into the uh, York Wright and the Invitational Bodies, there's so many of them out there. You could go dues poor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just from keeping your memberships in all those organizations. 
And then um, I see you at our AMD, um, where we usually we usually meet in the restaurant. Yes. For Junto. Yes. Um, and that's kind of a unique group. At least that, our own chapter is. Junto Council of AMD is a unique group. Uh, I was in a in a Council of AMD up in Pottsville uh, many years earlier, and I was a past sovereign. And was that just Junto, like dinner? Junto the, Council is totally different. Okay, so what? So with Junto Council, it's the men only, and we sit around, we try and pose questions to each other. Yes. About you know, kind of like. Well, it's Ben Franklin's Junto questions. Yes, exactly. Uh, when, when I was in the council up in Pottsville, uh, we used to have dinner. We'd, we'd go to a, a local pub or something like that, and we'd have dinner with the ladies, which is something that I'm trying to get our council to do, invite your ladies. Uh, I don't particularly think that we ought to bring the gavel and the books and, and open correctly in a in a public setting. If you're going to do that, I, I think that we should be... In a more private room. In a more private room. Right. Uh, our council has just about 90 to 95% participation at our, at our meetings. I, I mean, it's amazing. You see guys that don't go to most, a lot of anything else end up going to this Junto Council because it's so, it's exciting to be a member there. Right. And, and it's kind of like we, uh, Larry started a, a breakfast uh, group that we do on Thursdays. And it, it's actually just, what I like about Junto, it's a men sitting around having a conversation. Yes. And it's a little bit, we're on our best behavior. It's not locker room talk. It's, it's, it's really, I don't know, it's kind of what I thought I was going get, to get when I signed up for Freemasonry. It's, it's not always on, in Junto Council, it's not always on your best behavior. It's... It's amazing that you can actually go there and discuss subjects that are verboten in a lodge. You can go there and discuss politics. You can go there and discuss religion. And you, when you walk out of that room, you're just as much a brother as you were when you walked in. Right. There's, there's, there's no, no animosity. No hard, no hard feelings. No hard feelings. No nothing. But you're, you get to express your opinions where if you're in a lodge room, you can't do that. You know, you're just not allowed to, to discuss religion and politics. Well, I can say as a, as a I'm 48 and a 21-year Mason, I'm still like the new guy. But it, it, it's nice to be at an event like that where there's, you know, like you, Brian Hill, Russ Baker, so many just experienced Masons. Yeah. That, you know, we can pose questions. Like, and everybody has tough questions in their lodge, bad, weird experiences with things. And uh, it's nice to say, how, how should we handle this? Every council can kind of do their own thing the way they want. So there's some that write scholarly papers. There's some that have dinner with the wives. We chose to have... Some do both. Right. Some do papers and some present them in front of the wives when they're at, when they're at dinner. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be anything super scholarly. It, you can do a paper on Corvettes or you can do a paper on uh, Ford Mustangs or whatever. Uh, some guys have done papers on the history of their lodges and, and the other councils. And there's nothing secret with these papers. You can present them to anybody you want. Right. I, I just think it's, uh, it's, it, 
it's one of those things we try so hard in Masons to keep things quiet and private. Why? And, right. And these things, people don't even know that some of these groups exist. Exactly. But some, they should. There, there are Masons who are Blue Lodge Masons, quote unquote. And as far as they're concerned, that is the only thing that exists within Freemasonry. What they're missing is a whole world of Freemasonry and education outside of there once they should get involved with the York Rite. And most of your invitational bodies are York Rite invitational bodies. There are not many Scottish Rite invitational bodies. Once you're in the Scottish Rite, you're in the Valley of Reading or the Valley of Harrisburg. You have 33 degrees there, bing a bang a boom There are not too many outside organizations in the Scottish Rite. Nice to St. Andrew, yeah, I saw that one. In, in the... In New York, right, you can go through chapter, council, commandery, Holy Royal Arch Knight, Templar Priest, Knight Masons, on and on and on and on. And they're all York Rite bodies. And they're all invitational. That sounds like a lot of money. <laughs> you can go dues poor. <laughs> so we have at the other end of the table, we have a new guest. Um, now, of course, I, I, you're president of the Hiram Scottish Riders? Yes, sir. Uh, what is your name? I apologize. Uh, my name is Rick Storms. Hey, Rick. Congratulations. Thank you. R- Rick or Rich? Rick. Rick, okay. Yeah. So, uh, t- can you tell us a little bit about Hiram Scottish Riders? Uh, Hiram Scottish Riders was uh, formed by a, a gentleman named uh, Victor Frederick, probably about, what, 10 years ago, John, maybe? How, how long ago was that? Maybe 15. Maybe 15. Um, and basically, to support the Learning Center, the Dyslexia Center here, um, and Vix did some amazing things when he was president. I mean, he did a, organized a 49-state ride where the guys uh, rode up 49 states up into Alaska, visited all the learning centers, you know, along the way. Um, you know, it took a whole month, took 30 days he's, to He's to actually do that. done two of those. He's done two of those? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and, and did the Learning Center. Then he started a, a chapter uh, in Allentown uh, as well. And, uh, you know, basically, you know, their main goal is to, is to support the learning centers. We do a lot of fundraising, you know, in order to do that. But we have a lot of good fellowship uh, riding the motorcycles and taking trips, like, you know, along the way. That, that's really interesting. Yeah, I think somebody mentioned a, a four-corner ride. Was that? Yeah, so that's basically almost like a 49-state or a 48-state okay. continental ride where you're just hitting all four corners of the United States. So we have another one uh, that's, that's sort of in the works for 2019 that we're going to do again. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. I, like I said, we went uh, in the October, we went up to Vermont, spent, you know, three or four days together in Vermont, driving all over, riding all over Vermont. And, um, it's just another extension of, of the fellowship and the connection that you can have with a brother. I believe that if Victor could figure out how to get to Hawaii on a motorcycle, he'd do it. <laughs> yeah, I think if we had enough time, uh, it, that would definitely happen. You have to put a really big ramp in California. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the idea, I think, is to get to San Francisco and then fly to Hawaii, ride around for a day, and then fly back to San Francisco and start up again. Well, I guess yeah. it'd be easier if you didn't uh, bring your own bike. You could just rent, <laughs> yeah. rent a bike in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, that might have to be a compromise that would be put in place that we could do that. But uh, uh, So stay, it, gets, it gets pretty busy in here at your... Uh, is this the highlight of, of the uh, Scottish Rite season here at the... For the public. For the, for the public, probably, yes. Yeah. Oh, everybody's pointing at me, so I guess we're taking a break. Yeah, I think yes, it's we are. Fun. Okay. We'll be back. All right. All right.
welcome back. Uh, we're back here with uh, Rich from the Hiram Scottish Riders. Uh, any, what any big events coming up for you guys? So our next big event uh, will be here at the Valley on uh, Saturday, February 24th. We have an event called an Irish, well, we're going to have an Irish wake. Uh, so we're going to have an Irish theme party. Uh, it's going to have a DJ and Irish food and you know, obviously drinks, uh, uh, adult beverages available for, for everyone is a BYOB type of a thing. Um, and it's usually a pretty good event. We've been doing it for probably, well, this is the first year that's an officially an Irish wake. We usually call it the winter dance. So we kind of changed the theme up a little bit, but we usually get about 150 people or so. And um, it's, it's, it's a pretty good event. We have a lot of fun with it. And it's more of a casual. There's not a lot of uh, events in Freemasonry that are sort of casual. But since we are a motorcycle group, we really don't require you to get dressed up for that type of an event. So. And you guys, are you guys, um, are there multiple chapters or just you guys here in Harrisburg? There were three chapters uh, originally. Now there's two. There's one here and there's one in Allentown. So, okay. Yeah. So uh, those, some of those guys come in for the event. And we also do support some of the other motorcycle groups in the area. Do you guys have, like, rumbles with the Widow Sons? And- <laughs> well, actually, ironically, most of us are Widow Sons also. Uh, you know, be- for to be a Hiram Scottish rider, you have to be a member of this valley. For to be a Widow Sons, you only have to be a Blue Lodge member. So there's a little bit less as far as um, uh, you know obligations as far as masonry goes. So. I didn't know whether you made them be like be a Widow Son to be a prospect, and then you can <laughs> earn your way up. Uh, no comment on that. Uh, they, they, we're, we're definitely not trying to be one percenters uh, with either of these groups. So oh. has anybody uh, told Moyer he's not being paid for this? <laughs> Jeff Moyer just keeps running around and fetching, fetching new people for us. Um, so let's talk to Carrie. Carrie, this is your big event. Yes, sir, it is. So tell us, uh, tell us your job here, officially. I'm Pass Sovereign Prince. Okay. Uh, I really got involved with this maybe about five years ago. And it's called Holiday Happenings. It used to be called what it was Family Life with the uh, Northern Masonic Jurisdiction. And I understand that was stopped. And if you think about it, if you are not associated with Scottish Rite, what does family life mean other than the obvious? It doesn't relate to the holiday. So we changed it to holiday happenings, brought in more trees, Santa Claus. We have a train club here at the Valley of Reading, very extensive train club. Like right now, there's two uh, G-gauge platforms, which are 12 feet by 24 feet. Z gauge, N gauge, H O O S. You go through it all over the building, and that's that's been our draw for the years. And now we do entertainment. Also, we have a 1,300 seat auditorium. There is a uh, thing called Tuba Christmas. Yeah, we're we're very excited to hear the tubas. It was started by John Phillips Found Music Foundation out of the Midwest. Started in Rockefeller Center. And just keeps. If you go on their website, there's every state in the country. In the well, city. we'll try to we'll try to grab a sound clip to splice in with the. I think it's going to be pretty awesome. It's always the first Saturday of the month. Next year it will be the 25th anniversary of Tuba Christmas here in Berks County. Currently we have 45 tubas on stage. Next year we want to have 100 up there. So anyone listening out there, you play a tuba or a euphonium, come to the Valley of Reading. First Saturday in December, 5 o'clock is registration, 6 o'clock is rehearsal, 7 o'clock is showtime. So it's probably not really complicated music? No, not at all. Okay. Not at all. But it sounds great. So um, 
Larry, I think we found a new voiceover guy. Yes, well, uh, Carrie's got a great radio voice. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. <laughs> uh, he's he's got to understand that we don't pay. Right. Well, now, gonna, you, now you tell me. <laughs> we're going to take him in the back and have some, uh, record some bumpers. You know, you're listening. You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. So we have another guest. Who's our other, who's our new guest? Well, my name is Larry. I thought you were referring to me when you said Larry. We have I'm, a I'm the other Larry. Oh, oh, oh. Well, you're the left Larry. I'm, I'm the, the right left, Larry. You're the right Larry. No, you're yeah. the one that's left. <laughs> well, yeah. Left behind. The funny thing uh, is, Larry and I used to work together, and there was another Larry, and somehow we got the calling White Larry and Black Larry. We'd, Apparently, rather, we'd rather go with left and right. <laughs> So, right, Larry. You think uh, this is our first rodeo? No, we've been here before. <laughs> yes, we have. So you know, you know our Larry. I've seen him around. Yes, it's not very impressive. Oh. Oh. Well, so you're sitting at the wrong end of the table. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. So Larry, I already have a five spot. He slipped me under the table. You know. <laughs> so, uh, what's what is your job here? My Larry. job, I'm the stage manager at the Scottish Rite. Okay. Oh, that's a heck of a job. Heck of a job. So, so tell us about a little bit about the stage. Like, how many curtains? How many, like, like for scale? Like, how big's the, oh, the production actually, we, back there? It's a great production. We we have uh, counterweight curtains, which is fantastic. We probably have about two, three dozen curtains hanging, and we probably have three or four dozen that are packed away that we have to put out one, and if we need something for a specific degree or so on and so forth. But uh, the the stage uh, the stage is fantastic. We have a light set up on the stage at the is second to none. We have, uh, I don't know how many rows of curtains that uh, uh, are illuminated with various types of illumination to, to make this a uh, uh, spectacular production here at the Scottish Rite. Yeah, Scott gave us a tour of back of, like, the, of the, uh, the props room, the makeup yeah. room, the, right. wi- the wig room. Like, there's like... The costume department back there, we have close to 4,000. If you want to see a fabulous reunion... Right, Larry? Yep. Come down here to the Valley of Reading, spring, uh, the fall reunion. The the character is playing. It's not a videotape that you're watching for the degrees. Right. It's really good. We can good probably work. brag a little bit about what we just heard because the people are coming here from three, four, five different states to come and listen and watch our reunions because the quality of the, the people that are on stage doing the work is very good. We've spent an awful lot of money in the last couple of years, and we've got new and improved our, our costumes. Uh, the, the show just goes off basically without a hitch. It's like anything else. If the, the rehearsal is lousy, the show will be great. And we've been very fortunate that we've had some pretty good shows the last couple of years. And there's nobody standing. I, I, I have heard that... Uh Best wages in Scottish Rite are paid right here in Reading. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. Mike Se- second to none. Second to none. But I'm still waiting for my first one. But I was told exactly what you said. And there's nobody standing yeah. up there reading their parts. Correct. Right. Yeah. You memorize them. Now, when, I, when Scott was giving me the tour, I saw a uh, photo in the back of Charlton Heston. Yes. Can you, tell, can you tell our audience a little bit about what was going on there? Well, he happened to be in the air, and he came here, and they took a picture of him, and, and he was in our cathedral. Okay. And well, he, yeah. is, he is a brother. And, and he, did, he, did, he, did, he, did he autograph something back there? I don't know. He did. I assume he did. The picture's autographed. No, he, he autographed the Ten Commandments. Oh, did he? I didn't see. That's his That's Scott's yeah, property okay. department. Yeah, well, yeah. I, you know, I just thought it was really I unique. only see that when they bring it out and show it to me. I think he was in a movie that involved that or something, maybe. Absolutely, I think so, now that you mention it, yeah. yeah. 
Oh my goodness. So um, when's the next reunion? The spring? Yes. You know the date? I. Any idea? It's May sometime. It's the third, 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 third Saturday, Saturday in May. In May. Usually. That's have when they decided it is. what degrees they're putting on yet? Yes, but I don't have that list um, with me. There's eight four, or ten. Four, five, twenty. I know it's ten different degrees. Okay. Fourth and actually thirty-second. Yeah, the book and, ends. And actually, that's an awful lot of degrees for one day. Absolutely. Yeah, Jason and I were just uh, in the Valley of Lancaster. We were uh, in the eighth degree. We were in the eighth, but can't talk about that. Well, we can't talk about what our job was. We can't talk about our character. That's right. We can't talk about our character. You can't disclose Fair, three. Uh, two of the three. Right, you, can, you can disclose two. You can, who was in it in the degree, but you can't disclose your character. Or there's, you can, there's some very complex right. rules. For or the, you can disclose your character and the degree, but not the actor. Right. That's why I'm the stage manager. I have nothing to do with that. <laughs> I, I learned the hard way. I got my hand slapped. <laughs> well, um, I'm, I'm glad you, you fellas are here. Uh, well, thank are you, you going to be here for next weekend also, or is it just uh, this weekend? I think weekend? This, this was the only uh, this the, is the only the time slot you yeah. got. Okay. Very happy to have you guys down here. Thank you, and we're, we're glad to be here. I, Bef- before, before I hand this over to somebody else, have all of you been on Santa Claus's lap yet? No, but we're going to do and, it all at the same ha- time. You have your wish for, for Santa Claus? You know what? Uh, yeah, Larry's going to sit right in the middle. There you go. They Santa's haven't been on his lap, but they're on his list. Oh, he's Santa, on his <laughs> Santa smells like meat and cheese. There you go. <laughs> he smells like lemon and bologna. All right, fellas. Well, it's a Merry pleasure. Christmas to everybody. Thank oh, you. Merry pleasure Christmas. being able to speak with you. I'm going to go get a couple of cookies now that you're talking about food. shuffling here I'm at the other end of the table and we have another special guest um, is it Jim or James Jim's fine Jim Shaw you are lodge secretary or valley secretary yes and uh, you're also a district deputy I, hear. I am for what district district 7 okay so you don't have to for a few weeks yet I'm retiring at the end of the year was that 10 years five. Oh, good for you you got you got out early <laughs> early well, retirement after taking over the job here as secretary, it uh, became quite a bit to uh, juggle. I, oh, I bet. So how long have you been secretary here? Since last October. So what exactly, what's the main part of your, your duties? What, 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 what are the val- valley secretary, what are you responsible for? Well, there are two major areas that I deal with. One is the membership. I, I take care of all the fraternal uh, record keeping and uh, keeping the members happy. The second part of my job is running this building, making sure all the maintenance is taken care of and, and the, everything's working the way it should. It's clean when it needs to be clean. And, okay. And uh, renting out the building for uh, groups either in the banquet hall or the auditorium. And that's obviously not a that's – a, that's a 
a professional paid position. Yes. It's a real job. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Because uh, that sounds like a lot of work for a volunteer thing. Yeah, well, I used to be retired, yeah. <laughs> it's a part-time job. And uh, do you openly associate with Jeff Moyer? When I have to. <laughs> Anything? Uh, uh, th- thanks, Pete. I deserve that. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. So, any any big? Well, ha- well Jeff and I, I have to. I have to say, Jeff and I are both both past most wise masters. Yes. So, we have a kinship. Francis Maring Highly Chapter Knights of Rose Croix. Where's that? Here. Oh, okay. So, answer me this. I uh, I didn't realize until recently that that some valleys will name. Their their lodges, right? I had no, I had no idea. So say that. So say that name again. Francis Marion Highly Chapter Knights of Rose Croix. And do you know the rest of the names of the other three? Well, it's Reading Lodge Perfection, Reading Consistory, and then C. C. Gilbert Steffi, Council Princes of Jerusalem. So this Steffi family, they must have donated a lot of money because they effort had just <laughs> named a, their basement after a guy named Steffi. I'm not sure if it's the same uh, well, yeah. family or no, not. Okay. Yeah. Now, Charlie, St- uh, you're talking about Charlie Steffi? I believe so from Africa. Yeah, yeah, because he was very active in this valley. Okay. Yeah, so they yeah. Must, the, the Steffis just must be good Freemasons. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or at least good with a pen. Oh, so anything, big, any big happenings um, coming up? Or is this the, the end of the season? Well, uh, Masonically, it's kind of the end of the season. Uh, we've just had our, our reunion on November 18th, uh, and uh, that, that's the last thing until we have our state meeting in January. But we do have a number of, of activities here at the cathedral. Uh, you have the Nutcracker or something the, coming the up? The Nutcracker about, well, we have the, this, this unit, the uh, holiday happenings, this weekend and next weekend. Then the 16th and 17th, we have the Burke's Ballet Theater presenting the Nutcracker. And this year, they're having a live orchestra. Oh, very nice. Rather than the recorded music, the Reading Pops Orchestra will be accompanying them. Uh, we will have two concerts for the Reading Symphony here next year, which is a, f- a first. And uh, we also have, in February, the Greater Kensington String Band coming up. Oh, from like Mummers. Mummers, yes. Yeah, very nice. To okay. do a benefit concert for our, our Children's Dyslexia Center. So, I got to ask, who's going to budge first so we don't have reunions on the same weekends uh, between Reading and Harrisburg? Not us. <laughs> it's a game of chicken. Nobody's going to blink until everybody's... We were doing Saturdays way before Harrisburg. Well, yes. Well, we, we started out, when I joined, we were doing Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday. And it gradually got cut back. Uh, well, the spring reunions were only Friday and Saturday because we were in the old Raja Theater at the time. And the theater was too hot for three nights. Yeah. So <laughs> to keep the guys cool, we, we only limited it to one night and then Saturday. Well, you guys are doing some degrees that I don't have, and I'm not going to be able to come because, uh, like you, I'll be working at the Valley of Harrisburg. But Pete just made friends with the Sovereign Grand Commander. I did. Yeah, Maybe. We, we enjoyed an adult beverage. Maybe. We have one of those business cards, and he said, anytime you need anything, well, we need Reading to move their reunion. <laughs> uh, this is his first year. I don't know if he wants to make all the valleys angry his first year. Maybe on his way out. Uh, Jim, thanks for spending some time with us today. We appreciate it. We appreciate you letting us into your house. Well, thanks for inviting me. Well, at least me. into the porch. Thanks for inviting me. It was, it was an interesting experience. Thank you.
have another special guest here. We're here with Sue Heisek. Sue. Yes. What is your title here? At the- I am the director of the Children's Dyslexia Center here, um, housed in this um, uh, Scottish Rite Cathedral. Can you tell us a little bit about what the uh, Learning Center does here? Okay, so the Children's Dyslexia Center. Dyslexia, first of all, you might want to know a little bit about dyslexia. It's um, a brain difference. It's not an intelligence problem. So when you speak to someone, one in five people are dyslexic to some degree. Walt Disney was dyslexic. We can talk about famous dyslexic people, too. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, one in five people have dyslexia. And it's um, it's a learning difference where phonological awareness or just understanding where sounds are in words and written language. It's something that it kind of gets lost in translation when you're trying to read text on a page. If you talk to someone who's dyslexic or gave them an oral test, there would be no problem. They would be able to answer your questions, boom, boom, boom. But if they have to read a question on a test, it goes into their brain, it has to get interpreted, they kind of get lost and may not answer the question correctly, not that they don't know the answer. And I guess everybody's condition is a little bit different. There's not like a, a blueprint for that that... Correct. Okay. It happens along a spectrum, but how you can determine if someone has dyslexia, it's a psychological evaluation. They do a cognitive testing or an IQ testing, and usually the IQ testing, you see a very high intelligence, and when their academic achievement testing doesn't match, there's a big discrepancy, then that's when, and, and spelling is a big thing too. If they are If they are a poor speller, that's sometimes an indication, always, almost always an indication when they have this IQ that's really high and this this academic achievement, they're struggling. And then there's um, a self-esteem part of it, too, because if they do bad on a spelling test and then the other, you know, the other kids know and then they start to, you know, have a self-esteem issue, too. So as far as if if a child was getting into the program, like Mm -hmm. what um, is this after school? Is this? It is after school. So if a child wants to or a parent finds out about the center or they're they're told that their child at school, sometimes schools won't say dyslexia. And that's a political thing that I won't I won't address (laughs) at this moment. Um, But they call it a specific learning disability. And that's a big umbrella that dyslexia falls under. And so if your child is diagnosed, we do the parent, we send them an application. They fill out an application. Um, it does run in families. It is a genetic thing. So um, we ask for a family history. So grandpa might have been dyslexic. A cousin might have been dyslexic. It could run on the parent's side of the family. It could run on uh, the mother or the father's side of the family or both, too, because one in five. And um, so your question was, okay, so they send an application, and along with that, they send a um, uh, an evaluation from a psychologist. And that's where we look for that discrepancy. So it could be the school psychologist or the parent could have had it done at a private psychologist. But school psychologists will do it and it's, you know, cheaper. <laughs> so we look at we look for that discrepancy between cognitive and academic achievement. And when we see that, um, then we will accept a student onto our waiting list. And that's the sad thing. Um, children can attend the center totally free. The Scottish Rite Masons do all the fundraising.
thing. It costs $5,000 a year for a student to attend our center. We have to have trained tutors to do this. Um, and it's graduate level work that the tutors do. And I, I train the, the tutors here. And in the Northern Masonic jurisdiction, there are 42 centers, I believe, at this time. And in Pennsylvania, we have eight centers in the Scottish Rite buildings. Wow. And um, how long how long are the kids in the program? Usually two years. So and they come twice a week for usually two years. Okay. Most most times. And the greatest improvement we see in the first year, a lot of times kids, um, once they're remediated, they, they do better. They're accepted into gifted programs in their school and they they turn out to have like just some creative side to them. Once they um, find what they they really love, they find their passion in their life, then they become really good at it. They know every little thing about it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. I know in Lancaster we've had graduation ceremonies and mm -hmm. we've had some really outstanding results and, and actually some kids that went on to college, university, yeah. even law school. Yes. And I think that's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, we... When, when was our ceremony here? It was it last May. Yeah, with 10, 10 graduates. Ten graduates this, this that, past that year. That was really, that was cool. It was to, to, to listen to each instructor talk about the progress of, of each student. It yeah. was just amazing. Yeah. Now I know you can be clinically diagnosed. I don't know if that's the right term, but you, you can yes, diagnose that is it. correct. But I but I have heard that the. Children's Dyslexia Center will take a child that has, that, that presents with dyslexic-like tendencies, but isn't necessarily officially diagnosed. Is that true? No, well, they may not be officially diagnosed because it may say specific learning disability, but we're okay. looking for that difference between the cognitive and the academic achievement. Okay. It's usually a struggling student, and a parent is looking for something to help that child. And actually, my son attended the center um, when he was in ninth and tenth grade. And in, when he was in fifth grade, I, you know, I helped him so much with his homework. He has had two has two older sisters that just didn't have any trouble. We sat for hours and did homework and one day the only thing I knew about dyslexia was this flipping of letters and in fifth grade I didn't think he should be flipping his letters around so I went to the bus stop and I said to my um, friend Colleen I said Colleen I think Max has dyslexia and she said oh well my cousin runs the children's dyslexia center so I said at the Scottish Rite Cathedral I said well get me the number and I called I got the application and my son was accepted onto the waiting list in probably sixth grade so he probably waited three years because he came in ninth and tenth grade right from swim practice it was it's a struggle to get him there but it did help him and now he goes to rack he um will finish next december and then he plans to become a teacher so that's awesome yeah yeah thank you that's great great so, yeah, it was a little bit of a struggle, but we, you know, we found him, you know, the help he needed here at the center. How many students are currently in here locally? Currently in the center, we have 14 students, but one is about to move to Tennessee on the middle of the 18th of this month. So we will be taking a student off of the waiting list in January because that tutor will have a spot available to tutor. Um, the tutoring is very involved and that has, takes an intense training too. Um, 
And so, uh, and also there's the after school time. We do have six tutoring rooms. We could possibly, if we were maxed out, we could probably serve 24 children. So. That's awesome. Thank you. Well, thank you for everything you're doing for that. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on the show. I, I, oh, you're welcome. This is one of the most vivid, best descriptions of the program, and I do thank you for that. You are welcome. Really, it was great having you. All right, thanks. Have a good evening. Thank you. And we are back. So I just sat in and listened to some of the tuba Christmas music. Yeah. Is it is it awful or is it awesome? It was tubular. Uh, it was tubetastic. <laughs> totally tubular. It was totally tubular. So we have a really special guest. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up, but not before uh, we talk to this guy. We have Father Christmas. We do. Old Saint Nick. Um, Just call me Santa. That's that's fine. Don't need to be all formal. Well, Santa, thank you for uh, visiting Reading. Um, it's a prize because, you know, there's a lot of people in the naughty list in this area. Well, you know, that's where you need to do the most work, where there's the most naughty. <laughs> uh, anything exciting happening this year? Um, <laughs> any new trends and toys? or? Well, there's all kinds of trends and toys that I am totally unfamiliar with, which why well, have elves for that. They keep on top of that. I have some... Uh, there was some young ladies that came forward. They wanted a, a, uh, a new iPhone, so I sent them off to my elves in Cupertino to hook them up. And, you know, I have some elves in York and uh, out in Milwaukee for some of the older folks here that want new bikes. Uh, I don't deliver that stuff. they got to buy their own. So. Miller, Miller Late is flown in from uh, Milwaukee Daily, I believe. Really? How, so, does it get, how does it get to the North Pole? I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. So, Santa. Airlift. <laughs> Santa, how many uh, kids did you um, con- console tonight? How many? How many? How many? Well, I don't know. How many were here? I don't know. All I, of them. How's that? Uh, that's the answer I'll give you. 550. Wow. 551. It was a light tonight. Night. So, Santa, you're we're trying, a, to, we're trying to do sign language. 551 people were here. 565 folks. Wow. <laughs> Close. That's awesome. Yeah. Of which many of them were very short. Those are the ones I concerned myself about. Now, you do have, you have a, um, a dual membership, not just the North Pole Lodge. You are yes. also a member of a lodge down here. Yes, yes, I am. Which lodge are you a member of here in uh, Pennsylvania? I, I am a, a member and a past master of Reading Lodge number 549. Well, that's wonderful. Now, you had to use, like, a, a nom de plume. Um, yes, yes, I go by an entirely different name, but... You know, I, I, when I'm not, when you're not Santa Claus, you know, when you're Santa Claus, you're very busy until the 25th of December, and then it kind of drops off precipitously at that point. So after that, then I have a different name, and I dress differently, and it's my gig. So, uh, so we see, I see Santa quite often. Uh, oh. We're in many different uh, groups together. Oh, yes, yes. Um, you recently got your... Um, the uh, Royal Order of Scotland. Yes, I last did. Year. Yes, I did. Um, can you tell us about that experience? Oh, that was wonderful. I was down in, in Washington and uh, went down there and, and uh, became a member of that august body uh, with a bunch of other people that I know, a, a wonderful gentleman. Uh, and it was, a, it was a pleasure and an honor for me to have become involved. 
Uh, Santa is a little bit Scottish, just like he's a little bit everything. So, uh, but you can't exactly wear like red. Uh, well, no. I well, I can wear a Stuart tartan. That's right. That, that'll work. Yeah. Okay. Incidentally, I do have an interview with Santa. Yes, he did interview Santa. Yeah. Oh, well, that's amazing. Yeah. Why? Well, Larry did something right, tonight. Right after all the women were sitting on his lap. Yes. Santa likes those uh, moments uh, when it's the mothers that come over to see Santa, not just the kids. Uh, Mrs. Claus, she's tied up back at the pole. Uh, yeah, Mrs. Claus does all the organizing. Santa does all the socializing. You know, it really you gotta, works out. You've got to be careful. Cause I, I work one night a year. You'll be in the unemployment line with Matt Lauer. Yeah. Keep that up. <laughs> they kissed me. I didn't kiss them. <laughs> It's probably not the best year to hang the mistletoe around the office. No, no, I'm right here. just saying. <laughs> it's going to get worse. <laughs> oh, I know we don't have it around the Monosonic Light podcast studios since the incident. Yeah, oh, that's, no. And looking at, looking at the at the, at the fellows here, oh, that's a good thing. I wouldn't want to see any mistletoe hanging. It'd be very uncomfortable. <laughs> well, thank you, Santa. Thank you for uh, volunteering to help out with the kids tonight. Well, it's my pleasure. Thank you very much for inviting me to speak into these the strange machines that you have here. <laughs> you know, in the good old days, we made toys out of wood. Not so much anymore. Lost art. Well, you know, Amish kids are about 15 miles away. <laughs> they're not That's big a good on, target audience for you. They're not big on Christmas and Santa Claus, though, oddly enough. In fact, they pretty much like cell phones. That's it. So, yeah, they're not impressed with the elves in Cupertino. Doesn't mean anything to them. We should go home, Pete. Let's go home. We, need, we should say thank you to a few people. All right. Um, the Valley of Reading. Go, you go first. Well, first we'd like to thank the Valley of Reading for inviting us up for their, what, the holiday, I don't even know what this is called, Jeff. You playing, are you going to play the music with Ho- us? Holiday Happenings. Holiday, holiday Happenings. Holiday Happenings. And uh, the gentleman who invited us up, I forget his last name already. You got to do this one, Pete. Scott, Scott. Helm. Scott. Why, why do you say it like a question? I know it's Scott. That's his last name. He's a Grotto member. Isn't I it, know. Isn't it Helms with an S? <laughs> no, it's Helm. Oh. Scott Helm. One Helm. Yes. Thank you, Scott. Passmaster of Scarret Lodge in the in the Podunk, in the Hinterlands. Scarret Lodge. Right. And when you guys merge lodges, it'll be Scarret Lodge. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Jeff Moyer, once again, is with us. He does something here in the Valley of Reading. Past Most Wise Master. Okay. <laughs> So, and thirty um, third, almost. Almost. Thirty two point six two. No, thirty thirty two and three twenty fourths. Perfect. And uh, we have Santa, who's also known as, in some circles, as Ray. Thank you for visiting. Thank you for having me. Anytime. And uh, Larry, you really didn't do much, but thanks for driving us. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it feels good not to carry the whole show on my shoulders. Oh. Ooh. And, um, wow. I guess that's it. That kind of put the clamps and shut it down real fast. (laughs) Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Larry, usually you take us out. You got to give us a little taste. Yeah. It's time to go home, home, guys. Uh, Again, I'm going to, like Pete, repeat. what a thanks! <clears throat> Losing my voice. Where's the? Uh, we we didn't bring where's the we, bourbon. Where's the bourbon? We didn't bring it to this didn't room. Bring it. Okay. Uh, I want to give uh, again thanks to the. Uh, where are we at tonight? Valley of Reading. Valley of Reading. Reading. Yeah, Valley of Reading, Scottish Rite Cathedral, and uh, for inviting us. And, uh, 
the, the oh my God. Into I, the, uh, the school here. Said, are we coming back next year? I said, well, it depends. <laughs> Larry, you got to hurry, Larry. Come on. Anyway, Larry, we need an intervention. Anyway, special thanks to Jason Lewis, our producer, and to Scott Helm for having us here and putting up with us all night long. My good friend, Jeff Moyer, really, he's, he's a great guy. Uh, and his lovely wife, who she's not here right now. She's, she's in the show. I guess I'll get a good bye hug. No, she'll, she'll be absent. She's in the watching the tubes, listening to the And uh, again, I have nothing really further to add. It's been a great night. Thanks, Larry. It's, it's been a great show. You, it's taken you 10 minutes to get to say, I have nothing to offer. Do, do you know, do you know that the, 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 the brews took Oh, my God. Has he been drinking when we're not watching? About, can, you, can you believe the abuse I had to take? Because I drove here tonight. It was, it was horrendous. horrendous. I heard your driving my was horrendous. Feelings, my feelings are hurt. Hey, Pete. Let's just fade this out, Jason. You know what? This is Jason Lewis. This is Peter Jerry. This is Larry Morris. This is Jeff Moore. And this is Santa. <laughs> Have a good night. Thanks for listening.